It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As Storm Dennis wreaks havoc with the SPFL fixture card Rangers v Livingston is off As is Motherwell against St Mirren The big game at the bottom between Hearts and Hamilton does survive As does Ross County St Johnston But it takes more than a decimated fixture card to get rid of us On a Saturday afternoon I'm Gordon Duncan Alex Ray, Craig Beattie and Hugh Keevans Are nice and warm and dry in the studio You're quite right We will not be silenced <laughs> It takes more than a drop of rain to scupper Super Scoreboard. The news is that Hearts are shooting towards the deep end in the first half against Hamilton Nackies at Tynecastle. Fraser Wishup's in the shallow end at Hamdenbury is on the short side, Alec. And Dave Galloway gets the Medal of Honour. Dingwall in a downpour. That's what you call taking one for the team. The good news is, as you say, Gordon, we're nice and warm here in the studio. I knew that heating allowance would come in handy. Craig and Alex, we're here until six o'clock, whether you like it or not. So so, what do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? I'm sure there'll be plenty of things to talk about. Listen, I think when you look at the games, you know, obviously the Hearts one was a big game anyway, regardless of the weather. We've also got Ross County, St Johnson in good form. And then we've got some of the lower league stuff. And, and obviously a few anecdotes by Al Shug, a few by Beats, and I'll throw a couple into the mix. So, stay tuned. We'll get there. Yeah, good opportunity for, for the guys to have a look at the, the lower league stuff. You know, Queen's Park, Elgin, Airdrie Clyde, Roger and Fraser have gone out there for us. So, um, yeah, nice did, opportunity. Did, did I ever tell you about how I met my wife? We'll maybe get to that a bit later on We're not that desperate yet We do have four big games Coming up this afternoon No doubt about it The standout fixture It would have been a contender For the standout fixture anyway Even if Storm Dennis had Stayed away Hearts against Hamilton Aki's Massive game at the bottom And Mark Guidi Is there for us Yeah it is a massive game As you say Gordon Bottom uh, of the table Hearts have made a few changes from their midweek thrashing at Celtic Park we're just waiting for proper team news to come in but certainly Bobby Zlamal is back in goals at the expense of uh, Pereira without formation it's Smith, Suter, Clare, Walker Naismith, Piazzo in as well Halkett, Boyce, Irving and Hickey I will shake them up for you shortly and we're just about to get the Hamilton team too but the pitch not too bad all things considered the surface is fine very blowy through here as you'd expect the rain is coming down but this game anyway Gordon was not going to be for the faint hearted it's bottom of the table and it's a victory really that Hearts have to get if they're to be serious about escaping out of the bottom two and particularly off bottom spot they have to beat Hamilton today I see the weathermen ensure me that this is because the weather is coming in from the west, Mark So you are not quite affected yet as badly as some of the other grounds The big team news, as you say, Joe Pereira dropped by Hearts I'm going to try and put this politely Don't want to offend Mr Defic- Pereira Difficult if, to do it, if, if he's listening yeah, yeah. He's rubbish but, but probably not before time, Mark And I know you're a keen observer of goalkeepers as well It's been a real, real problem for him yeah, I mean, any time, and, and the, the thing that absolutely baffles me with the greatest respect, how on earth can a guy like that get in the books at Man United? Um, but apart from that, Bobby Zlamal has always struck me as being a capable goalkeeper, but it's been a problem position. Stendhal has been loyal to Pereira. I don't understand why. He's pretty much, if you get it on target, you've got a right good chance of, of getting it into the net. So a change of goalkeeper is long overdue, but Zlamal, you know, short of match practice, and sometimes I think he's got decent ability, but his decision-making... It's not great and something you can strike has been a bit of a, a nervous wreck too. So it's an interesting position and one that uh, Hamilton Nackies uh, will look to try and exploit from set pieces. On the subject of loyalty, Mark, this is uh, 
Daniel Stendhal's 11th league game in charge of Hearts He's won one Against Rangers of all people uh, How loyal will they be to him today If he doesn't get all three points against the Aggies? I think he's, he's part of a of um, collective responsibility here. I don't think it's all down to the manager. He's only had 11 games. He's been in the place for six weeks, seven weeks. So it can't all be at um, Daniel Stendhal's door. However, he is the manager. He was brought in here because there's no doubt he would have assured and Budge and the board that he would save the club. He would get them up the table. And as you say, apart from um, beating Rangers here at Tynecastle, a good victory uh, couple of, uh, in the cup rounds as well. They've got a, a quarter final against Rangers at Tynecastle um, a fortnight today. Uh, two, then uh, it's not been good enough uh, from Daniel Stendhal. But when you look through the team, Liam Boyce has certainly been a quality addition. Stephen Naismith back fit again, I'll, I'll, I'll get in about it. John Souter coming back into the team is good too. Sean Clare looks as if he's kind of settled down and chipping in. So there's there's um, there's plenty, hopefully, for them to be positive about. But Hamilton Ackies haven't survived for five seasons without getting results when they need them. And today is a result that they need. And if Brian Rice and his players can head back through to Lanarkshire from Edinburgh with a point in the bag, that would be a first-class result for them. Yeah, you're right. They, they constantly do it. They constantly surprise people, Mark. With no disrespect to Hamilton, though, if you are Hearts and you've managed to go out in January and recruit guys like Liam Boyce to add to some of the experience you've already got, and you can't then start winning home games against the teams that are right next to you in the league, then you're, you're banging trouble, you know? Yeah, you are. And, you know, it's been... You know, Hearts always strike as a club, probably the way Hibs were under under Terry Butcher in the second half of the, of the season, that we'll get out of this, we'll be fine, you know, when, when Terry Butcher took Hibs down a few years ago when it was Hamilton Ackies actually that beat them in the, in the, in the playoff uh, in May uh, 2014, that you think, yeah, they'll get out of it, they're too big a club, their wage bill's massive, uh, they've got too many good players, but they've just not stepped up to the mark for whatever reason uh, there's been one or two results here and there and then they go on a, on a run of six or seven uh, without a win or maybe just picking up a point or two so they are in the mix the results suggest that they are going to be in it right into the split they'll be in the bottom six and they'll be in a couple of dogfights uh, after that but if they're to get out of it and give themselves a, a bit of breathing space and try and rebuild for next season uh, with a clear mind rather than worrying about the threat of relegation then today is the kind of game that they must win uh, I'll let you shape up that Hamilton team, Mark. Whilst we hear from both managers, starting with the home boss Daniel Stendel. This is a fight, and we know it's uh, so much different than than the, the other games because um, teams like Hamilton know what is a fight against the relegation from the first day. Well, we need to learn it uh, this season so much. Some people say to me it's a, cra a scrappy game, not 100% what it means, but uh, I think um, it means this is. Uh, not only a game, it's a fight uh, every, uh, about every ball and uh, not every time uh, only playing. It's also how much you protected yourself uh, to, to stay, in, uh, or you, you stay in your way and you, you concentrated for your game. Hearts Army used to be bottom of the table because their budget and the size of the club and their fans <coughs> should mean that they're not bottom, not down there. But they are and they're there for a reason. And we're, we're, we are for that reason. It's as simple as that. You know, so I haven't got too many players here from last year that's uh, been used to that. But I've got a few. And I'm, I'm relying on the ones that are fit to help us through. The record against Hearts is good since I come in. We've won two and drawn one. We went to Kent Tencastle in the season, drew 2-2. In my, my belief, we should have won the game. 
but this will be completely different. New Hearts team, New Hearts management. My team's decimated from the last team it played. So if you're just joining us and you're wondering what's going on, the rain is what's going on. Rangers against Livingston is off. Pitch inspection at half past 12. Waterlogged pitch. Even Stephen Gerrard was out having a kick around trying to, to assess the conditions. That doesn't go ahead and neither does Motherwell against St Mirren. We don't have any details of when they'll be rescheduled for yet. So we will keep you up to speed on that. Let's go back to Tynecastle uh, and see if we can get full team lines with Mark Weedy. We can. I'm, I'm sorry. I've just not had a chance to shake up yet. They have just arrived. It's Lamalin goals for Hearts. Looking at the back could be Clear, Suter, Halkett, and Smith. Uh, Hickey in midfield, uh, holding two will be uh, Irving and Smith, and then it will be Walker, Naismith, and uh, Ikpiazu. Uh, supporting Liam Boyce on the bench for Hearts it's Bozanic Washington Garuccio Moore Dicamona Advaj and Pereira as a sub goalkeeper for Hamilton Ackies at Southwood in goals um, it is McGowan McMahon Hunt Collar Gogic Moyo Want Martin Hamilton and a poor I've not had a chance to shake him up yet I think it'll be McGowan Gogic Want at the back, Collar, Martin and Hunt with Hamilton just off on Pope and Moyo on the bench for Brian Rice's team. It's Davis, Alston, Woods, Templeton, Winter, Smith and Gourley. And today's match referee at Tynecastle is Kevin Clancy. OK, let's start going around some of the other grounds then. We've got a few big games that have survived the weather. The only other one in the top flight comes in the Highlands, Ross County against St Johnston. And Dave Galloway is keeping an eye on that one. Thank you, Gordon. Well, Storm Dennis isn't here right now. There's been a lot of heavy rain in Dingwall, but conditions look OK at this precise uh, moment in time. Uh, it's a bit of a drizzle coming down. The pitch looks very heavy, but no problem with the match going ahead at all. County looking for inconsistency in the last 12 games of the campaign as they try and edge further away from the drop zone in the Premiership. As for the Saints, well, they appear to have put a sticky spell of results behind them. Three wins on the spin ahead of this one in league and cup and they now sit just three points off sixth place Ross County well they have certainly uh, rung the changes six changes to their starting lineup uh, the men coming in Laidlaw Morris Mullen Foster Shaw and Cowie out go Baxter Watson Fontaine Payton Kelly and Erwin. It's Ross Laidlaw in goals, a back three of uh, Richard Foster, Callum Morris and Col Donaldson. Midfield, Marcus Fraser, Don Cowie, Ian Vigers, Ross Draper and Josh Mullen. Up front, Ollie Shaw and Billy Mackay. As for St Johnson, plenty of changes for them, also five in total. In come Tanzer, Kane, May, Butcher and Gordon. Out go Ralston, Booth, Craig, Holt, and Henry, it's Xander Clark in goals across the back today for the visitors. Uh, Liam Gordon, Jason Kerr, Jamie McCart and Scott Tanzer. Midfield, David Watherspoon, Ali McCann, Matty Butcher and Dre Wright. Up top, Chris Kane and Stevie May. Uh, substitutes it, uh, Parrish Swanson, O'Halloran, Holt, Ralston, uh, Henry and Booth. I should give you the county subs, which I omitted to do a moment ago. Uh, Baxter, Fontaine, Irwin, Watson, Spittle, uh, Tilson and Peyton and your match referee today here in Dingwall for Ross County against St Johnson is Colin Stephen yeah, an interesting one there as well Hugh St Johnson on a decent little run of form yeah. all of a sudden beating Motherwell during the week uh, and I wonder if County after some indifferent form if they're starting to look over their shoulder a little bit and worry about what the rest of the season could have in store I think they should be worried because they appear to be in free fall uh, St Johnson as you say going for five wins in a row in 
Cup and League today uh, And St Johnston uh, Big fish to fry now Because they've got uh, Celtic are, uh, At their place in the Scottish Cup They've also got Rangers To play Before Rangers get to the Old Firm match And that could be a, a tricky one for Stephen Gerrard's side But Ross County I have this notion That we're going to end up With Ross County In a playoff Against Inverness Cali Thistle The second top team El Kessico You have you have to give uh, Tommy Wright plenty of credit You know Earlier on the season <clears> We were saying whether he could survive Hugh Due to the fact it was the worst start They've had in many many years yeah. And you look at recent <clears> results You know I think it's uh, undefeated in the last four Won three of them Brilliant turnaround When yeah. he had the outburst yeah. About ah, the, yeah, the transfer was, window It was pretty scathing wasn't it? Yeah you, you thought to yourself at that time oh, oh, right. this, this will end in tears uh, but Players have responded well Yeah They've come away since then Absolutely yeah. So maybe Having a rant Is good for you What a man <laughs> Fraser Wishart is He was meant to be going to Fir Park Game off We have relocated him To Queen's Park <sighs> Against Elgin At Hamden And I've even got some theme music for oh. you this afternoon Fraser Wisher oh. <laughs> Now Here's the story If you're wondering link. Yes. If you're wondering Alex Ray It's not that we weren't Delighted to have you Last night on the show Believe me we were But the truth is We asked Fraser first oh, right? We asked Fraser brilliant. first If he would come on On Friday night Some for Fraser And the reaction the the, 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 the the disgust The surprise in his voice That we would ask him To work on Valentine's Day He could not believe it The old romantic Had some plans Had to take the lovely lady out No chance Would he be seen in here On Valentine's Day So he's a He's a, he's a I, true I romantic think, to I the core I think you've landed all of us right in it here When I go home, Lady Keevans is going to say exactly. Oh, Fraser <laughs> Wisher takes the night off to take Valerie out And you, you and that Alec Ray are on that program Chasing a pound <laughs> <laughs> Well, was it worth it? Yeah, that's, that's a secret between me and my good lady <laughs> wife Valerie <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, it, listen, I, I would love to claim to be the most romantic man in the world But uh, those of you who have met my wife Valerie know it's not worth, well, it wouldn't be worth living if I didn't take her out on <laughs> Valentine's night So she's a strong and independent woman But uh, yes, we had a lovely night, good. a lovely night I listened to a wee bit of the show at the start when oh, I was driving home So uh, Alec was a fine replacement I Yeah, he did alright And I can hear the rain battering down on top of the National Stadium Don't tell me you're going to not make it to kick off either well, the game could be in doubt. It's going to go ahead, but there's certainly water on top of the pitch. It's not San Marino versus Scotland proportions yet, and the ball is moving fine. The players are out for the warm-up, but uh, you can see one or two puddles. The pitch is seen in better condition. I think it's been affected. You can also remember the cup final here where Rangers against Celtic was playing torrential rain as well. So it's, it's like that. And of course, I think it might be affected. Hopefully, um, it won't be affected too much. It's been raining constantly in the South Sydney, not far from Hamden, and it's really been heavy rain all day. But it's an important game for, for both these sides, both trying to get into the playoff positions. Cove Rangers and Edinburgh City clear at the top, and they'll obviously battle for the title. But between them, sorry, behind them, Cowden and Beath on third and 36 points, Elgin in fourth and 34, and Queen's just two points behind Elgin. So, an important game. Today, Queen's been on a good run under Ray McKinnon, 13 points out of 15. It's taken them from the bottom end of the table to real contenders for a playoff place. And of course, Queen's 
established 1867 I was reading there under Scottish Scotland's oldest senior club 152 years of amateur status they turned pro a few months ago and I think that was because the fear for all clubs in League 1 and League 2 is relegation to the Lowland League East Stirling and Berwick Rangers being a prime example really struggling to get back up but as I said before the rain is coming down here very very heavily and one point to remember is that Scotland play Israel here in less than six weeks time and sometimes we put games on in Scotland and uh, it really can't affect the pitch so hopefully there's not too much damage done to the pitch but I don't think it's going to stop raining I think it's going to rain the whole day throughout this game so hopefully not too much damage given we've got such an important international game coming up in six weeks I don't actually have teams yet but just a quick look at their squads of course talking about Queen's Park going professional earlier on you know, they've got some really well known names in their squad now Cammy Bell ex-Rangers Dundee United Kilmarnock goalkeeper Craig Slater played for Kelly as well and Dundee United Patrick Thistle recently Peter Grant Jr for Falkirk and Plymouth they've got Adam King on loan from Dundee United as well and I'm looking forward to seeing Craig Beatty's protege the player mm. that he really rates Salim Kudar Aisa as well the Queen's Park striker I've never seen him in the flesh but heard good things about him so plenty to look forward to today once I get the teams I will certainly give you them and hopefully we'll get game on and the game will last 90 minutes good man that was Dr Love Fraser Wisher <laughs> reporting from the National Stadium let's go to Airdrie Roger Hanna has also been relocated this afternoon he's looking ahead to some League One action a bit, bit of a derby I suppose is that, is that as you say that Roger Airdrie against Clyde is it close enough yeah, I dare say you could say this is League One's Lanarkshire derby Gordon albeit not the traditional derby for these two teams back in the, back in the old days of Broomfield long before the Penny Cars Stadium Airdrie would look forward to visits from the likes of Motherwell you know and then Shawfield days Clyde's fiercest rivalry it would be against Partick Thistle but there's no doubt this is a local clash with plenty at stake for the two teams it, League One's top two sides Wraith Rovers and Falkirk they're not involved in league duty this weekend you would see Wraith winning their Challenge Cup semi-final at Furhill against the Jags last night so a win would put Ian Murray's Diamonds joint second with the Bairns tonight but they'll need to end an alarming goal drought it stretches back to January the 11th when their top scorer Callum Gallagher scored twice in a 2-2 draw at East Fife. I actually covered Airdrie for Super Scoreboard three weeks ago when they lost 5-0 in the Scottish Cup to Hearts at Tynecastle and they've really still to recover from that beating Gordon Clyde of course they suffered their own cup exit last Sunday when Celtic won 3-0 at Broadwood but Danny Lennon said they'll need to bounce back today because they risk being hauled down into that relegation playoff place it's currently occupied by, by Fort for Athletic they will again rely heavily on League One's 17 goal top scorer David Goodwillie former Scotland international a guy who used to play you know just score international goals with Fraser Wishart is at Hamden this afternoon so he'll be the big threat for Airdrie this afternoon a couple of changes for Airdrie from the side that drew 0-0 at Jim Duffy's Dumbarton last Saturday and one of those changes sees the 11 goal top scorer Callum Gallagher dropped to the bench by Ian Murray so they start with Scott Gallagher in goal at the back it's Paul Mackay Kyle McDonald Callum Fordyce and Leon McCann midfield Josh Kerr Nat Wedderburn Kieran Murray and, sorry Kieran Miller and Ennis Murray and up top it's Callum Smith and Andy Ryan on the bench Hutton, Eckersley, Thompson Hawkshaw, Roy, Roberts and Callum Gallagher three changes for Clyde from that side that lost to Celtic in front of the TV cameras last Sunday David Mitchell in goal at the back Barry Curdy, Craig Howey, Scott Rumsby and Adam Livingston across the midfield Ross Lyon, John Rankin, Ray Grant and Greg Wilde and up top Ross Cunningham on loan from Hamilton Ackes will support David Goodwillie on the bench it's McGee, Smith, McNiff Love, McStay, Lamont and Johnson and the referee a sort of windswept and wet Pennycar Stadium this afternoon is Craig Napier that leaves us That's done That's us done I think you I thought it left us one game But that's us All the team news It's all we've got this afternoon Somebody's having a laugh With Roger Hanna there Did you hear the music In the background? 
Annie Lennox, here comes the rain again. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it always rain on me? Has been playing at uh, Tyne Castle yes. as well, so it's clearly the day for those types of tunes. Okay, at this stage on a Saturday, no matter how games we've got on or off, we always get all the guys involved and look back on some of the week's biggest stories. I don't think there's any doubt the title race, or in some people's mind, the end of the title race has been very much in the headlines this week. So we'll take a look back on everything that's happened next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray are in the studio We've got the top team all around the grounds Is the phrase I usually use Around some of the grounds It's been a bit of a difficult day Storm Dennis has wreaked havoc on the SPFL fixture card The big news is Rangers against Livingston is off As is Motherwell against St Mirren So two Premiership fixtures when was the last time a waterlogged pitch called off a, a game at Ibrox? I, I, I ask this not knowing the answer. I'm hoping someone can. I genuinely don't know because uh, you know it's, it would have to be a several years anyway, Hugh. Because oh, yeah. you know the facilities they have at the moment, you know the best uh, money can buy, but you, you can't legislate for the the volume of water that's fallen. No, I remember being there years and years ago doing Super Scoreboard, and the referee came off, and uh, it was clear. The nose in your face Who were the opposition? Aberdeen I think that might have been the last time Unless I've just forgotten about one in, in the middle Referee came off <laughs> And I, I said to him One or off? And he said Off And in my excitement I shouted out The game is off! And two minutes later I had the chief of police <laughs> By my side With his finger Nearly up my nose Saying I'm trying to get a stadium cleared here And you oh, <laughs> I thought he was going to be arrested, Alec. <laughs> but that is the last time I can remember a game at Ibrox falling to water. There we go. It's the, mm. it's the world's worst quiz question. I just ask because I'm curious. If anyone knows the answer, tweet us and tell us when was the last time a, a waterlogged pitch no, caused the game the at Ibrox? listeners are usually very good, Gordon. Oh, they so all know. No they, they know more we'll than somebody us. Tell us. They know more than us, that's for sure. So we will have an answer very soon. But like I say, Motherwell St Mirren off as well. We've got Busy, busy end to the season coming up And those games are going to have to be shoehorned in somewhere We'll keep you up to speed if we get any details As to when those games might be played Now, the added significance would be Roger Hanna The Rangers already have a game in hand to play And Celtic stretch their lead to 10 points at the week uh, In the midweek, sorry How do you view this overall picture at the moment? Um, well, Celtic win if it told you tomorrow, it would of course go to 13 yep. points and Rangers would have two games in hand. Um, I tend to fall into the camp that unless Rangers start picking up points three at a time, then it'll all be something of an irrelevance come the end of the season. The Rangers have made life very, very difficult for themselves since the winter break. Um, they'll need to try and get the pitch up to a better standard because they've got a huge game against Sporting Braga there on Thursday night. A tie that Rangers could well win to progress to the last 16 of the Europa League but to do so they'll want an advantage before they go to Portugal a week on Wednesday night so Stephen Gerrard has already expressed concerns about the playing surface at Ibrox this season um, they'll want as much time as they can to work on that surface because Thursday is a huge game for them and I think now the Europa League and the Scottish Cup have assumed far greater significance for Rangers because of the slips they've had dropping those eight points in the league since the winter break. Yeah, Fraser Wishart, looking back on a, a busy midweek, an eventful midweek, how much hope would you hold out for, for Rangers coming back from where they are at the moment? 
Well, I think it's odds against. I think everybody would, would understand that. And the, the next Old Firm game on the, on the 15th of March takes on huge significance. And I think it is a quite an important point that the game's off today. Um, Rangers would expect you to pick up all three points, but uh, Celtic, I think, will win in Aberdeen. They're in fantastic form of scoring barrel loads of goals, so they'll go 13 points ahead. So even if you know, Rangers get one league game against St Johnston on the, the 23rd of Feb between now and, and the Old Firm game, and uh, sorry, they've got Hamilton as well at, at, at home. But they've got to um, they've got to pick up the points in all these games between now and, and the next Old Firm game because um, they would, don't want that gap to get any bigger. And, and even if they win and Celtic win, they're going to be 13 points behind possibly by that point, maybe 10 points. So winning the game doesn't take them so much closer. I think that's the biggest blow that they've 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 got from today's game being off is the gap. Although they've got two games in hand, it just doesn't look as good. And even if they win in the next Old Firm game, there's still going to be a, a substantial gap as they try and cram in the games that they've got in hand. And today's game being off just makes another fixture a bit of fixture chaos. But I agree with Roger. I think it takes on big significance, particularly the Scottish Cup tie against Hearts away from home. Hearts have beaten them a few weeks ago. Uh, huge significance because if they, they lose that game and then have to go into the Old Firm game just after that, then then I, th- I think there's I think there's there's going to be even more pressure on on Rangers. They have to win the two Old Firm games between now and the end of the season. But the problem for Rangers is I just don't see where Celtic are going to drop too many points. Other than that, and that's the biggest problem. They are in last chance saloon Rangers. They can't afford in the next three or four games to drop any points at all, or it's or it's done. Mark Greedy, last time we spoke to you, 5-8 to eight on Wednesday night. Both you and Jim Duffy felt that it would be difficult for Rangers at Kilmarnock, but you expected them to win. You expected the gap to remain seven points. We all know what happened thereafter. Just how damaging was it? Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. I knew it would be a difficult tie. I thought Rangers would nick it by a goal. And the thing about the defeat on Wednesday night, although you know, you've got to give credit to, to, to Kilmarnock. And it's lovely again, going just go back to that point of, uh, of uh, partnerships. You know, Kabamba, the flick on... Golds and all at sea, and there's a uh, Brophy nicking in with a, with a brilliant fight. It's lovely to see strike partnerships uh, working, but Rangers lost that game after being a goal up. Mark, if you don't mind, sorry, Mark, can I just interrupt you because you, you you will forgive me when you hear this. We've got big news regarding the rearrangements for Rangers against Livingston. It will now take place tomorrow with a three o'clock kickoff. Not often we see that game postponed and then rescheduled oh. for the very next day. Yeah, I, I take it they've got faith in the <laughs> that the weather's going to die down, um, but it will be rescheduled tomorrow, Sunday, February the sixteenth, with a three o'clock kickoff. Rangers want to make clear that access cards, tickets, match and hospitality tickets for today's game will be valid. They apologise for any inconvenience caused to supporters, but that breaking news this afternoon: Rangers against Livingston will go ahead tomorrow, Sunday, February sixteenth, with a three p.m. Kick off. Uh, does that seem like the sensible play, Mark Guidi? Absolutely. For Rangers, yeah. you know, they, they don't want to be 13. Well, essentially, they could go 13 points behind tomorrow, come quarter to two, but they'll get a chance quickly to bring it back down to 10 again. And they'll be hoping that Celtic can, you know, drop points, you know, to give them, uh, you know, more hope. But uh, yeah, they lost here at Tynecastle as well, Gordon, after taking the lead uh, too. They just don't defend well enough. And uh, I remember back to last season, it was very similar, but what happened last season was. Alan McGregor covered up a multitude of sins with top top class goal seating, save after save after save. But it's not happened uh, this this season in terms of the goals have gone in and, and Rangers have been punished. If they've got any chance of winning the league, and I would say now, having thought from the start of the season, it would go right to the wire in terms of potentially the last game. Um, they need to beat Celtic both games. That is for sure. They need to win at Ibrox in March of 15. And then I would imagine that the next Old Firm game after that would be the first game after the split, which is potentially April 17th or 18th, because the SPFL always want to avoid a kind of 
like a title decider so they would do it after the split and all that Rangers can hope with five games to go they would win that one to see how uh, Celtic would react with four games to go but Rangers have blown it I don't give them any more than a 10% chance now of winning the title and it's, I, I think it's absolutely essential that they win something this season and therefore the best and biggest chance is the Scottish Cup Now Roger Hanna we like a good disagreement in Scottish football in case you hadn't noticed Livingston have now issued a statement saying we can also confirm the game will be rearranged for tomorrow However, their version of events is a bit different They say as a club we tried to rearrange for Monday night to allow the weather to pass and for fans to make alternative arrangements but ultimately the decision was made by the SPFL um, if that's the case then I think common sense has probably prevailed you would imagine it would be easier for 50,000 supporters to get to a game at 3 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon than say 7.45 on a Monday night um, if we're going to support our teams in European competition then it would also make sense for Rangers to play at 3 o'clock on a Sunday because it would give them another 28 or 30 hours of rest ahead of this important game against Braga on Thursday night so I can understand the concerns of Livingston um, with regard to Storm Dennis etc but I think the, the, I think the right decision has been made if they're going mm. to have the game replayed quite quickly then Sunday afternoon would seem more sensible to me than Monday night Yeah Fraser Wisher on, on that front it clearly does make more sense a Monday night is a logistical nightmare compared to a Sunday afternoon however this is assuming that the pitch is playable tomorrow and yeah. uh, at yeah, the moment it must be, it's quite, there's a degree of confidence put in the pitch that it's going to recover in time <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the south side of Glasgow just now at Hamden Park and the rain's just relentless. You know, we're not far from, from Ibrooks here and if it's unplayable today, you know, overnight, there's supposed to be more rain and wind, etc. as well. So again, tomorrow morning, people will be on the waiting for the phone calls, waiting to come up online as the game going ahead. I understand why the SPFL are trying to do this because, you know, we, we've had all these criticism of fixtures, but there's hardly any space in the calendar to rearrange any games at all. And, and especially if Rangers were to, to get through against Braga, against the last 16 of the Europa League, then there's, there's almost nothing before the, before the split. And this game would end up being played after the split. And it's a real problem for them. So I understand why they're trying to get it, get it, get it on. But uh, Monday night wouldn't suit, you know. I think it's just it's not going to be fair at all for for uh, for, for, for Rangers, and we want to support our teams in, in Europe. And you know, there's been talks all the time about cancelling games and giving them more time. And I think we should because we, we need our teams to, to improve their coefficient and get more teams in Europe, etc. So, I understand why Livingston maybe wanted to, to delay it. But uh, for for me sitting here and staying the south side and knowing the rain that's come down in, in this area has been unbelievable over the last 12, 14 hours. It's still going to be a doubt for tomorrow. And again, fans, I think, will be inconvenienced because they'll have to make travel arrangements. The buses need to be rebooked. And will everybody make it? You know, horrible situation for everybody concerned. Uh, yeah, I mean, Roger Hanna, when you look at the picture tomorrow then, it just shifts the psychology ever so slightly. By the time Rangers kick off, they'll know whether Celtic have stretched that lead or not. We've been used to this on a Sunday. Um, but of course, this week, Rangers thought they were going to get the chance to claw the gap back even for you know, a day or whatever, they won't have that opportunity anymore. And the problem for Rangers is is twofold. Their form hasn't been good enough, but if you're looking at any signs that the rivals might slip up, it certainly doesn't look like it's Celtic are rampant at the moment, aren't they? Yes, they are. But, I mean, we spoke, all, all of us were in agreement five or ten minutes ago that we could well have a situation by tomorrow evening that Celtic would be 13 points clear. There's now a scenario that Celtic might only be seven points clear, you know, by, by tomorrow night, if they were to slip up at Aberdeen. And you saw... 
Aberdeen came out of their own slump with that win at Hamilton on Tuesday night. They looked impressive. They will surely put up a better fight than they did when Celtic last went to Pataudry and were 4 0 up by half time. And if there was any slip, then Rangers will be absolutely itching to get out at 3 o'clock, regardless of the conditions tomorrow, to take on Livingston and try and recoup some of the ground they've lost since the winter break. So, as you say, there could be a, a, a slight change in the dynamic at the top of the Premiership, but, but any change is going to have to involve Celtic slipping up and Rangers making sure they don't drop another point this season. So, Hugh, what's your verdict tomorrow? Does it seem like the <clears throat> sensible choice? For Rangers, undoubtedly. If this had been foisted upon Rangers days before a European tie, there would have been uproar. But Rangers are perfectly happy to get this out the way. Never mind brag it on Thursday. The most important thing for Rangers is stopping 10 in a row. And for them, it's all about the psychology of the occasion. Not since Stephen Gerrard came up here from Liverpool has there been such an amount of conjecture surrounding the manager. He has caned his players after the defeat at Kilmarnock. People are now questioning whether that's the right thing to do. Has he caned them once too often? Is he capable of changing a match that's not going his way, etc, etc? Tomorrow, Rangers are taking their chances that Aberdeen can do them a favour instead of doing them a disservice, which is what normally happens under Derek McInnes. So it's the psychology of the occasion tomorrow. But the point to be made about Celtic is that everything they are doing at the moment is about their merit, not about default elsewhere so Celtic will go in with that tunnel vision that Neil Lennon speaks of at Pataudry and they will look to go 13 points ahead of Rangers and then invite Rangers to live with the pressure that Stephen Gerrard says they're not living with at the moment Just finally on the rearrangements for tomorrow Fraser, I mean Mikey for instance has sent us a tweet to say not exactly ideal how are people supposed to sort things out at day's notice it's not like you can get the day off work in such short time you think they would consider the fans and all this which a lot of that might be true but I'm looking at the calendar Fraser and I know you're quite <laughs> big on this about the way that the calendar is locked in and perhaps people don't quite appreciate it so Rangers play this midweek in the Europa League so, so that would be out They then play the following midweek Again in the Europa League So that would be out The midweek after that They play in the, the league as well So that would be out And then presumably The midweek after that Is when the We're getting towards The playoffs The, the Euro the, uh, What's the, the phrase I'm looking for Nations League, Nations league um, yeah. Playoffs And of course If Rangers were to then Progress in the Europa League The next two midweeks Would, would be locked out as well So Yes, abs- we, we will always try our best to stick up for fans It's not great having to find arrangements for tomorrow But I, I literally can't see any other any other way this game gets squeezed in No, and, and that is the problem I agree with, with the, the person that tweeted in as well You know, it, It's not ideal and it is inconvenient for supporters But, but uh, I'll always defend the people that I deal with And I know who, who arrange the fixtures of the SPFL They're not trying to do this out of any malice or whatever else They're just looking at it from a pragmatic point of view that this is probably the, the the better or less of two evils if you like because there's just no space to fit these games in you know and and I do get it and I think it is a problem you know how are people supposed to get days off work or even hire buses or trains or people travel 
from all over the country to, to, to watch Rangers as well. Though it, it is a problem, but there is no ideal solution. And if it was stuck on a Monday night, that wouldn't be ideal for a lot of people as well for travelling. And if it was just left, it might end up being played after the split, which is just and uh, 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 it's not ideal either, you know. And, and I think we have to sort of uh, really think about the SPFL people who put these things on. They are hamstrung by everything from international fixtures to cup ties to UEFA fixtures, and then they're left with very very little leeway should a game or two be postponed. So I have. I have their sympathy but I do agree it's not perfect to the supporters tomorrow OK we'll leave that there and just in case you missed the breaking news Rangers against Livingston rescheduled for tomorrow so what day we've got in store tomorrow Aberdeen oh. Celtic at midday Rangers Livy at 3 we do have some games this afternoon and we're going to go back around the grounds next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors the league leader for compensation talk to thompsons.com Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray Here with me, Gordon Duncan in the studio If you're just joining us, you've missed some big news You've missed the fact that Rangers Livingston is off But it's back on tomorrow at 3 o'clock Motherwell St Mirren is off I don't think we've got a rearranged date for that one yet uh, We do have two games going ahead in the Premiership this afternoon And some lower league games as well So we've scrambled the guys out and about Making sure we've got as much football covered as possible Let's go back to Tynecastle Because that is Undeniably The game of the day Hearts against Hamilton At the bottom Still conditions okay Or as, as good as can be expected There Mark Yeah it, it, It's decent Gordon The pitch You know Isn't carrying much water uh, Just now but The rain has been Relentless For probably An hour to an hour uh, And a half It's one of those ones You can just tell The players are Druk it uh, as you're, you're looking at them and it's not ideal it's far from it but at the moment the wind seems to have died down a wee bit which will be uh, will be helpful I don't think it's like in a game that we're going to expect a lot of quality in anyway it's going to be a blood and thunder type game bottom of the table clash you know no team can really afford uh, to lose it particularly uh, my hearts and uh, looking at their team uh, I think it's a strong lineup. like Piazzo and Boyce going to team up you've got, you've got Naismith and Walker probably on either side um, of them and you've got Zamal uh, in goal so it's I know I've said this many many times this season that's why we're all kind of baffled at Hearts at the bottom of the table but it is a strong lineup. it's a lineup that, that screams out to me top six all day long but they've just not been able to, to uh, get enough victories How much pressure is on Zamal in goal I mean well I suppose it's always a high pressure position you don't really get away with mistakes but it's pretty clear that the Hearts fans and now the Hearts management are at the end of their tether with, with Joe Pereira and ultimately yeah. Zlamal has to come in and do better this afternoon. Yeah, it does. I remember uh, being through here at one of the games um, and, and Zlamal played uh, a few weeks ago. I think it was, I think it was uh, uh, Stendhal's first game. It, it was a wee bit shaky but it was certainly better than Pereira. And you look at some of the goals he's conceding. As I said, it's almost as if anything on target. I mean, balls just seem to fly right through. He's, he's incapable of making any kind of saves so but I think it was a, a position that should have been addressed in the window it's been crying out for someone most of the season so they've not addressed it so you go for the best available and I think that they have the man in goals today and that is Lamal well we will watch that one with interest I think the other key factor perhaps Mark Guiri is from a Hamilton perspective they've had quite a a bruising week mark haven't they when you look at the way that they they, they performed well against Celtic but ultimately lost 4-1 they performed quite well in spells against Rangers and lose heavily they then get swept aside by Aberdeen I know they're more than capable of producing these surprise results but they've got a horrendous injury list as well yeah. and they're, they're really struggling at the moment 
Yeah, you're, you're kind of looking at Hamilton Aki's thinking, oh, they, they, you know, and I know again we're saying it in the programme probably for the last five years, is this the one where they actually do go down or survive a, a, a playoff? But you're right, um, Gordon, the, the injuries, you know, has been a sore one for them. I think losing Sam Stubbs was a sore one for them too. I think he was fairly solid for them in the, the central defensive um, area. Up front, though, one thing the past couple of games that we, we could all see, I think, on has got a bit of a presence, he's, he's looking lively. I always like Mikael Miller, he's not there today, um, obviously. Um, so it's one of the ones you look at, you think on paper, the Hearts team is far, far stronger. But I think we're all wise enough now never to write Hamilton Aki's off. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if they come away from here with a battling point and uh, you know, keep themselves above Hearts on the table. Everything okay in the Highlands, Dave Galloway? No danger of Ross County, St Johnston falling foul? No, none, none, none whatsoever. A quick update for you uh, as regards the weather. Gordon Rain has been falling steadily since we last spoke, but it's not exactly torrential. Interestingly, the, interestingly, the, uh, the pitch uh, did start to cut up during the warm-up and that will only get worse as the game continues, but it is definitely uh, game on. Um, interesting to look at the contrasting fortunes for these two teams of late as well. You know, County, just one win in the last 10 games in all competitions. They've fallen to ninth place in the Premiership. They'll be desperate to uh, halt that slide. St Johnston manager Tommy Wright, what a good job he's done in turning things round, leading his men from rock bottom of the table up to a, a position where they're snapping at Hibs' heels right now. Only three points off the top six. So an intriguing afternoon here. Uh, let's go around some of our other grounds Roger Hanna's at Airdrie against Clyde Do you know what Roger This weather's got me thinking And notice how I put this question to you And, and not Fraser Wish Maybe we should just have more plastic pitches Oh I'm not so sure about that Actually I'm struggling to tell you The last time I saw a, a really good game On a synthetic surface um, I'm not convinced But listen if you come to a place like the Penny Carl Stadium Or you were to go to you know, a lot of other League 1, League 2 venues I'm quite sure that the directors of those football clubs Like Airdrie would sit you down And explain the financial imperative Of having a synthetic surface like this It's not just used at 3 o'clock Every second Saturday by the first team It's a crucial income stream for clubs like Airdrie down at this level you know uh, Gordon Dale and Mark Wilson worked here for a while they'll tell you themselves how important that the other side of this plastic pitch is to Airdrie Onions football club going forward my beef and I'm not sure whether Fraser will agree with this or not is once you get into the top flight you know you're, you're supposed to be playing elite level professional football on that um, the, the, our premiership is, is the showcase for the best football in our country and I'm not convinced once clubs like Hamilton, like Livingston get to the top flight that the synthetic surfaces should be allowed and I'm certainly not convinced that clubs like Kilmarnock who have been in the top flight for the guts of 30 years and an established premiership team should be allowed to put one in well, they are a Premiership team. But listen, we're three, third tier of Scottish football. Airdrie will tell you they need this pitch to survive. And in a day like this, they need this pitch to get the game on. Have I convinced you, Fraser? No? It's nothing to do with me, Gordon. I seem to be the bad guy in all the time. I, I know that. I just, I, just, I just like to bring it up. <laughs> I know, I know. Thank you for that. So I'll be getting phone calls from Hamilton. And Have the I convinced your members? Yeah, again. I'll reword uh, it. What, what, when we actually did do the, the stuff this time last year, the, the Premiership guys were the ones that said they didn't think it should be allowed at that level and every single player at the nine clubs with grass pitches signed it. But down the leagues, they do understand and they accept it. And sometimes the artificial pitches are, are better than the grass pitches they would they would play on. And that was the, the difference. You know, I'm not saying throw them out of Airdrie or whatever else, you know, but 
it. But I think the big thing for those lower league clubs is change them quicker. You know, some of them are down for eight, nine, ten years, and they just become not a good surface to play on. So, so that was the gist of the thing last year, and uh, the debate will run and run and run until until something happens. But uh, I mean, I'm looking at a, a grass pitch here at, at Hamden, and it's holding up, is what I would say here so far. The players have been out for the warm up, and uh, you're looking at the the. On the kind of main stand side where you get the large technical areas, uh, Queen's Park warmed up in the grass off the pitch there, but it's been chewed up really badly. So although it's looking okay just now from up here on the, the fifth floor, and I've got Mark Wilson standing right next to me doing his, doing his scouting. Uh, great view here, but you can begin to see just a wee bit of water lying on the top of it. And you can also just think once the players start running on it and tackling and sliding around, uh, with the rain just it's, it's still torrential here and you can see it in the floodlights it looks even worse because the floodlights are on as well then you know come four o'clock half past four will this game still be on hopefully but, uh, but uh, certainly it's, there's a danger that we may not last the full 90 minutes here uh, that was Fraser Wishart we've covered him off Dave Galloway Mark Greedy Roger Hannah there is still one pundit we've not checked in with today Gordon DL where are you? Uh, update from Motherwell and my recliner, Gordon. First time caller, obviously. Um, weather very good here, very warm, and I wish the boys all the best round the grounds. Listen to show, absolutely fantastic. Keep up the good work, boys. Have you got the the tartan shawl, the recliner, heating on? Shawl, yeah, I've got everything, Gordon. Coffee by my side, just sitting there relaxing, listening to you guys. Absolutely terrific show, as I said. I'll be switching off in five once I'm finished here. Um, but I was looking for a game. I had this, I'd actually hang up Mark Wilson. Uh, he phoned me 10 minutes ago to see if I was getting into Hamden. Unlucky for Fraser, he's caught up with him. So I sort of I gave him the red button. So it's a, a day by the fire for uh, myself, Gordon, and listen to you, boys. Did you get two eyebrows? Did you get a look at the picture? Were you called off before you even made it? Uh, no, well, you know the hip's a bit sore So uh, we got to the car park We waited for the people just to come out of Ibrox And give us the news And we decided to head down the motorway The M74 and back to Motherwell And right on the recliner For a nice easy afternoon <laughs> Brilliant When you get that hip operation You won't be able to sit by the fire in case you melt <laughs> Exactly, Hugh But it's needing done But the the problem is as I say, the weather today is absolutely incredible. I was listening to the show there and I totally agree, Gordon. You're looking at, we're driving down there and you're thinking, right, Rangers and Livingston eyebrows, when's the last time it was called off? And then you're thinking Motherwell's pitch has been given so much uh, plaudits of how good it is. So it just shows you the amount of water it's, it's, it's falling. But unfortunately, by the time I get back to Motherwell, I uh, sort of a reroute, so I've got to just sit by the fire. Right, you take care because we might need you tomorrow. <laughs> that remains to be seen. Gordon, it'd be interesting to see how you get on to the, the first half teaser exactly. this week now that you've got no help. Exactly. The no kickoffs are coming next. Gordon will keep you entertained. We've got the first half teaser for you next as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. We've got a full time whistle in our featured match in League Two, Queen's Park, Elgin City. Here's Fraser Wishart. Finished Queen's Park 2, Elgin City now. A decent game in awful weather conditions. Both teams really trying to pass the ball at all times, but it was an early goal by Queen's Park striker Salim Kududer East Aisa that put his team ahead with David Gall adding to a second in the second half. Kududer Aisa opened the scoring, as I said. Josh Doig in the fifth minute made ground in the left hand side. His cross deflected up into the air and first to react to the ball was the Queen's Park striker. Clever header back across the goalkeeper from eight yards. Kane Hester had two great chances for Elgin. Twice beat the offside trap, took the wrong option. A weak shot when he should have squared the ball. 
then square the ball when he should have shot before Kudarisa almost increasingly before the break this time from a Moore cross he's had her drifting just wide in the second half Adam King on loan from Dundee United was involved in all Queen's good play a 25 yard shot skidded has pushed away well by McHale then the midfielder fizzed in a corner which ran right across the face of goal just needed a touch two yards out but nobody could get a touch onto it and then the Dundee United on loan player missed an absolute set of doig cross on the left hand side to the back post a free header nobody within yards of him poor contact by King and the ball drifted wide Elgin rang the changes trying to get back into the game McPhee 30 yard free kick easily held by Muir before Hester had yet another great chance to equalise again one and one with the goalkeeper this time 12 yards out pulled his shot wide from 12 yards with his left foot it was a really really bad miss and then it was all over in 79 minutes Queen skipper David Gold cut in from the left hand side and from the corner of the 18 yard box bent a brilliant powerful shot into the top corner of the net it really was a terrific goal weather report the pitch stood up well but it took a bit of a battering and worrying with Scotland game coming up with some of the muddy patches on the field of play but Queen's Park won't care they're into the playoff places in League 2 and then that promotion chase for promotion into League 1 full time at Hamden Queen's Park 2 Elgin City 0 a late one of these goal flashes with one stop roofing supplies but it comes in the Highlands Ross County have equalised 94 minutes gone Billy Mackay pulls them level it's finished at Tynecastle Mark Weedy full time Hearts 2 Hamilton Ackies 2 and a dramatic comeback from the Jambos but they still stay bottom of the table and Ackies will feel hard done to they were in control 2-0 after 15 minutes and the game spun in a decision and it looked like a very harsh red card in the 20th minute a straight red for young Ackies central defender Jamie Hamilton Tactically, Hamilton Ackies were brilliant. Brian Rice set them out. The two up front, Moyo and Okpoor, they pressed high and made Hearts make mistakes. The opening goal came in the fifth minute. Ackies beat the offside track. Scott Martin squared the ball to Okpoor from seven yards out. He put it past Bobby Zlamal. Hearts were ponderous at the back, taking chances, and they were punished in the 14th minute. Sean Clare clearly fouled Okpoor inside the penalty area, and Kevin Clancy pointed to the spot, and Okpoor himself stepped up to make it 2-0 and then that red card in the 20th minute straight red given for a handball 20 yards out it looked very harsh Kevin Clancy gave him a straight red looked as though it was possibly on the advice of the standside linesman Frank Connor so it was back to the wall for Hamilton Ackies they managed to survive for the rest of the first half Stephen Naismith came closest with a header that flew past the uh, south was left hand post and then the 48th minute Jamie Walker got a goal back he slid in 8 yards out to put the ball in the net from there it was back to the wall Naismith a couple of chances Walker had a couple of chances Connor Washington a couple of chances Liam Boyce indeed Hearts finished with a front 5 for the last 15 minutes and they got equaliser with 4 minutes to go across the left hand side central defender Craig Halkett was up there and he bulleted a header home from 8 yards out but the boos still came round Tynecastle at full time, not good enough for Daniel Stendhal, just one league win since he arrived and Hearts stay bottom of the table. But much credit is due to Hamilton Ackies and the super scoreboard man of the match is indeed Ackies central defender Alex Godic. Full time at Tynecastle, Hearts 2, Hamilton Ackies 2. Hearts fans, Hamilton fans, why not give us a call on the open line? It'll be here in five minutes. It finished at the Global Energy Stadium in dramatic fashion, Dave Galloway. 
Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, Ross County won, St Johnston won as the uh, final score. Uh, first two big chances of this game created by County Mullins. Cross comes short from the right, uh, nearly put them ahead. Clark uh, beating the ball away via a deflection off the post. Clark also turned the ball behind after an impressive turn and powerful long-range drive uh, by Shaw. The visitors were playing some good stuff as well and Wotherspoon drove the loose ball over after Laidlaw had saved from May and right, Wotherspoon passed up a golden chance to put St Johnson ahead, shooting wide from a, a good position after May's setup. But the Saints did go 1 0 up after 33 minutes, came the supplier for May to finish low into the corner of the net. County with Peyton on at the start of the second half were out of the traps pretty well after the interval and enjoyed a, a fair degree of possession. Fraser let fly from distance, the, the ball moved in the air a bit but flew just wide. Mackay hit a low drive that uh, skidded narrowly past the post but Holt had a decent chance to make it 2-0 on the break for Saints following a good passing move however Laidlaw made the block County so nearly scored on 89 minutes and it was a, a bit of a bizarre one uh, Clark spilled a high cross and um, in clearing the ball um, Saints uh, the ball hit Clark and it's scrambled off the line after after hitting the post. Um, a real goal mouth scramble if ever there was one. St Johnson went so close on the counter-attack in a thrilling finish to this one. Wright shooting over from the edge of the box. But then four minutes into injury time, uh, Mackay slid home County's equaliser from close range in a real uh, mud bath of a goal uh, after Mullins cross. So entertaining stuff overall. It finished Ross County 1, St Johnston 1. And my Clyde 1 super scoreboard man of the match Stevie May very hard working performance and he scored the Saints goal too Airdrie against Clyde is finished Roger Hanna kept an eye on that one it is Airdrie 2 Clyde nil. the Diamonds move joint second of League 1 tonight with a deserved victory in the Lanarkshire Derby here at the Pennycar Stadium they took lead after just three minutes in bizarre circumstances Andy Ryan charging through in goal Clyde defender Craig Howie got a toe to the ball pushed it back towards goalkeeper David Mitchell he had all the time in the world to kick clear but bizarrely decided to pick the ball up on his six yard line referee Craig Napier left with little option but to give an indirect free kick directly in line with a penalty spot it was tapped back by Callum Smith all 11 Clyde players on the line but Andy Ryan somehow managed to guide a shot high into the postage stamp corner it was the Diamonds first goal in any competition in five weeks and you could see the confidence going through Ian Murray's men Paul Mackay had a shot that clipped the bar after 12 minutes Mackay then had a fresh air swipe and he should have hit the target after 14 goalkeeper Mitchell then had a save from Ryan after 25 minutes and Clyde at that stage had hardly been seen at all as an attacking force David Goodwill their 17 goal top scorer he lost the ball on halfway after half an hour and that was when Airdrie swept the other end to really put the game to bed Paul Mackay busting clear exchanging passes with Smith and then guiding a right foot shot across goalkeeper Mitchell and into the net Clyde rallied briefly in the second half Goodwill he finally tested Airdrie goalkeeper Scott Gallagher with a snap shot after 58 minutes, a couple of minutes later, left back Adam Livingston stepped forward but blazed a shot off target on the angle. 68 minutes, another chance substitute, Mark Larman feeding Goodwillie, but he dallied and dithered too long and he allowed Gallagher to come off his line and make the save. At the end though, it was Airdrie who looked threatening to score yet again, a header from Smith when he oh, way, way off target and really should have hit the target five minutes from time. Cutland Smith though, two assists, he's still Clyde super scoreboard man in a match. It's a big win for the Diamonds in the promotion battle. Airdrie 2, Clyde nil. And now it's time for you to have your say The open line is here So get in touch and let us know what is on your mind Not many games on today But we did have some cracking football The ones that did survive the weather So Hamilton fans, Hearts fans 
Let's hear from you Hearts fans in particular You brought it back to Tool. But is that enough? Can you get out of this rut? Because you're still bottom You were playing one of your closest rivals At home And they had a man sent off early on Can you see yourselves getting out of this baller? 01419511025 And all of a sudden We've got a fantastic Sunday to look forward to Because we've got three games going on In the Premiership Rangers against Livy Off today Rescheduled for tomorrow First of all What do you make of that decision? Do you think it's the right one? Can you see it going ahead tomorrow? And if it does what would you do differently Rangers fans You need a turnaround You need an improvement Who would you play To try and shake things up And Celtic fans Always a big fixture Aberdeen against Celtic So look ahead to that one With us as well 0141 951 1025 The open line is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans, Craig Beatty, and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, and here to take your calls on this weekend's big football news. The big news really today is about what didn't happen rather than what did happen. We had a fantastic game at Tynecastle, don't get me wrong, so we are keen to hear from you, Hearts and Hamilton fans. Hearts fans, can you get yourselves out of this mess? Is it, was today good enough? You got a point in the end. I'm sure you were hoping for more, but what didn't happen was Rangers didn't play Livy. It was off, and now it will go ahead tomorrow. On the same afternoon that Celtic travelled to Pataudry So get your calls in Let us know what's on your mind on 0141 951 At Clyde SSB on Twitter Fascinating Sunday It'll be great um, Celtic at Pataudry Where last time out there were four goals up at half time uh, Aberdeen A week ago You could have described them as a soft touch Does a 3-0 win or 3-1 win At Hamilton Aki's Change that description We'll find out tomorrow But I, I, I'll go back to the point about Celtic In Brown, McGregor, Forrest, in Sham, Edward, Griffiths They have players of never-ending hunger Middle to front Celtic look like scoring every time out Since the winter break They're scoring and winning games by three, four, five and I think they will go to Pataudry in that frame of mind tomorrow. Never mind whether Rangers are playing Livy or whatever. Focus on what you do. And by doing so, Celtic have changed the complexion of the, the title this season. Just one other thing. Did you have plans for tomorrow? None at all. Right, because we're going to do a six-hour show. You were meant to have Sunday off, um, but these things happen. So we're going to be on 12 to 6 by the looks of it. Cancel or leave. Yeah, be magnificent. 01419511025 Let's speak to Chris Who is a Rangers fan in Dumbarton First up Quite a strange set of circumstances Craig uh, Chris I certainly can't remember This before What do you make of it all? Uh, good evening guys um, Yeah A bit of a bizarre one Myself and my son were, were two of those fans That were literally about to To leave the house today and Out a chance Checked the news I'd seen the Motherwell game Was off earlier And actually couldn't believe That a game being called off At Ibrox Due to rain Essentially um, but uh, you know, when you look at the pictures, it, the, the pitch did look completely unplayable. I think they've just underestimated the, the amount of rain they were expecting this morning. Um, going back to the decision to to play it tomorrow, um, in social media today, I've seen a lot of Rangers fans have reacted quite poorly to it. Um, so it's not ideal having to make plans at this you know this time of the day. And I completely get it. A lot of Rangers fans travel from all over the country, potentially Ireland, Northern Ireland as well, and I understand it's not easy to you know, rearrange supporters' buses and things like that. But 
I think the guys touched on it earlier in the show. Logistically, it's the only thing we can do. Uh, th- there's no other date feasible that we can get this game played. And I think from a morale and kind of you know ongoing outlook point of view, we can't afford to go potentially 13 points behind tomorrow. So I think it's the, the right thing to do. I guess I, I did have a bit of a, a question for the panel on it, though, and potential mm-hmm. one for Alex and Craig. Um, in terms of how can Rangers do more to, to get this game on tomorrow? Is there the potential to cover the pitch? You know, does the, the the covers you have for snow would that work for rain as well? I, I don't know. What, what do the guys think in that one? Um, Chris, to be honest, I've never seen uh, personally. I've never seen a pitch covered for the rain. Um, I don't know what the difference would be whether it was rain or whether it was heavy snowfall. Um, if I'm honest, Chris, I, I don't really know the answer to it. But I mean, certainly sure at this stage, is, you know, at this stage. It doesn't seem like that that's happening. We haven't seen any pictures coming in from Ibrox yet to suggest that would happen, Alex. I mean, no. the, the whole point is the pitches are. Hope, hope, you hope that they've got suitable the drainage, drainage yeah, underneath them, and clearly, you know, the big the big stadiums that you know Ibrox tend to handle these things. That's why it's been so long since yeah. since we had a game. I don't think it will be covered overnight, but I'm more than. You know, more than happy for someone to, to tell me I'm wrong I don't yeah. don't know for sure Gordon, they've got machinery that can actually lift water But the problem you have if it's continued to rain That's nil and void yeah. So the, the idea will be if they get to a particular point Later on tonight or tomorrow morning Where they get a bit of respite They'll get the machinery on here They'll get the diggers, yeah. they'll get the forks yeah. And the whole shoot match And they will try and drain it that way Now, when we listen to the guys out and about today at the stadiums The one thing that's very apparent is The wind is blustering So if they can get some sort of respite between now and kick-off time tomorrow, the wind will have a factor as well, plus yeah. the, the, the machinery. I, I, I think you have to remind people that this morning, the UK government issued a warning that potentially life-threatening bad weather was going to engulf the United Kingdom. If it puts off football matches, what do you want the football clubs to do? You're dealing with freakish winter yeah. weather. There's nothing that Rangers yeah. or anyone else can do. And... We hear talk of 50 mile per hour winds in Aberdeen tomorrow at the same time as Celtic are expected to kick off against Aberdeen. These are factors out with the control of any football club. Chris, sorry, just going to put it back to Chris Craig. Chris, the assumption is that it can't go any other time really because there's no gap in the, the calendar. We are chock-a-block. However, if you had the choice between tomorrow and Monday... What what would you have gone for? Because I know that Livingston wanted Monday. They wanted to give the chance for the pitch to, to recover um, and maybe a bit more time for fans to rearrange things. Would you have gone for Monday or would you have gone for tomorrow? Let's let's assume those were the only two options. It's a tough one because you know you've got that argument about giving the pitch time to recover. Um, but on the flip side of that, we've got a massive game on Thursday night, and you want enough time for the players to recover. Ideally, I'd rather have football played in weekends. You know, we, we get enough midweek fixtures as it is, um, and I'd rather have it played on the Sunday. But it, it's a tough one to call. And even if you then postpone it to Monday, there's no guarantee it, it's going to be any more playable. So for me, I think the right call has been made in trying to get it on tomorrow. And I guess if it doesn't go ahead, they might have that backup action of falling back to Monday again. Uh, I don't know. The issue you have here beats is that regardless of what day it is, People are going to be inconvenienced yes. Because people yeah. are booked They have commitments They have mm-hmm. work commitments And so forth They have to get The scheduling right Because if they miss it to Tomorrow Or Monday Then the likelihood is It's going to be Post split And that's not an ideal And Chris mentioned that um, There was a lot of Rangers fans On Twitter etc Moaning about the decision For it to be played tomorrow But Chris let, let me assure you 
If it's not played tomorrow And Rangers get back into a position Where they are challenging Celtic for the title And it is a backlog of fixtures That proves detrimental to that challenge Later on in the season There will be a lot more Rangers fans moaning then Than there will be tomorrow Yeah that's a fair point Chris let me put a football angle to you If you don't mind What about on the, Let's assume the game goes ahead um, And assume that it beats the weather What do Rangers do differently tomorrow What would you like to see happen That's perhaps been lacking in the last few games I mean that I think it's as simple as you, you try and get back to um, potentially the the personnel and, and the formations we were playing before the um, before the winter break. Um, you know, Hadji's come in; he, he's looked all right. But I think I, I don't know if it was uh, Craig or Alex mentioned he drifts in and out of games a bit. Um, I, I preferred having kind of Audrey out in the wide supporting the Relos, um and, and Kent down the you know the left hand side feeding in. Um, and again, I think we need to get back to bring Davis in to kind of control the midfield again. We have missed some key players. I mean, you know, you can't ignore the fact we've missed the likes of Barisic in the, the last game, um, Tavernier, Morelos, Jack. Um, but we're almost back to full strength now, assuming Barisic can make the game. So I don't know what we need to do. Um, but I, I think we need to get, get back to that way. We've got the personnel back now. There's there's no room for excuses, I think. Chris, has there been any chat among your fellow Rangers fans about a, a change of formation in terms of three at the back? I, I put it out there last week. I know what Alex thought's going to be on it before I even ask him. But if Barisic is not fit for me, where Tavernier tends to play in the park anyway, higher up on the sort of right wing, right wing back area, for me, you could play your three centre halves and have Hadji sitting in front of two defensive midfielders and put an extra body up top. You know, Celtic have proved that yep. the the ability to adapt from a four three three, four two three one into a three five two has, has you know it, it's been it's been a, a revelation for Neil Lennon change in formation. Do you think there's there's potential there for that? Well, yeah, it's funny you should say that. There was actually in the first or Friday, our colleague in work mentioned that. He knows what he's talking about. The back and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and kind of packing the midfield a bit more and get the two up front. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could work, I think. It's, you know, who, who are you putting up with the Morelos? Are you putting Camberry to feed off him? Do you think he's ready to hit the ground running? It's something we could consider, but I guess the problem we've got is that we've not really got room to experiment and for it to go wrong. But listen, it's, you know, not, game's massive. it's not going right at the minute anyway. So, you know, in terms of where they are now from where Rangers came back after the break, and, you know, you mentioned Camberry there. Camberry was flying when he was at Hibs, um, or Rangers wouldn't have brought him in the first place. You know, he was part of... The sort of partnership when when Hibs have went with the two up top with with Dodge when when Dodge is now getting all the goals, so he should be ready to go in and make an impact. And and for me, putting an extra body up there to help Morelos out would um, that would that would work. I think when you were talking about when Rangers, Chris, you were mentioning earlier when Rangers were flying. I think uh, the midfield was Davis, Jack, Kamara. Up front was a Rebo. If you look at the old firm game in, at the end of the year. Morelos and Kent And then your back four Took care of itself so It was Tavernier Barisic if he was fit yep. And then Katic and, and Golson That would have been The strongest team But there's so many players Off form at the minute Hugh, you know, oh. And I think that's Part of the problem Yeah that, that would that is the obvious one Isn't it Because You can understand Chris's logic Where he says well, Go back to the personnel That we were using before But what do you do If that personnel Isn't performing the way That it was previously yeah. Then you're, you're stuck you're you, as well, you look you're at as the well second goal You lost at, at Kilmarnock Down there And I'm sorry But you can have all the the tactical knowledge and genius in the world from your manager, but you can't call it a long ball. It's a long ball and a flick on, and you know if you're not positionally and in, initially in the right position to defend it, you know I think Goldson turns off the wrong shoulder. Absolutely. I think he turns off the right shoulder. I think if he turns off the left, he can block. Then he can see Brophy. He can run in his space. He can run in his line, and Brophy doesn't get the opportunity to score the winning goal. Let's speak to Scott in Pollock. Thank you very much to Chris and Dumbarton for kicking things off. Hi, Scott. 
Aye, it's got me over the block here, but, but, but I'm going to ask you, Pan, was, eh, when was the last time a game was called off at Ibrox? It's one of the best pitches in Scotland and England for that weather, and is it Mystic Meg that's predicting that game's going to get played tomorrow? How do you work that? <laughs> Well, the, I actually don't know if we got a definitive. Everyone seems to, most people were agreeing you that game that you said against Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, we, we think that was the last one for a waterlogged. Was there not a Hearts game? Was that in the Championship for snow? But I think the game started. Do you remember that just a few years ago? I think I do. Yeah. That's years ago. But I've never heard that game get called off. But Scott, I was down Govan today. Uh huh. And then it seemed playable to me, but I didn't see the part. But you didn't see the park I'm not playing in the streets yeah, The pavement is playable Doesn't well, matter if, if As the car park's playable Scott It's the pitch we need I think also Scott You have to realise And I'll need to say this again The government Were issuing Warnings this morning Of potentially Life threatening Bad weather It's a football pitch How is it supposed to cope With that kind of Onslaught of rain there was actually footage doing the rounds where I think it was that Stephen Gerrard was trying to roll a ball and it was holding up within the you know the puddles and so forth. So health and safety is everything. Yeah. Then, you know, Scott. Right, but how can that game get played tomorrow? Mm. And my young yeah. cousin goes up to he goes with Celtic everywhere, uh, and I see his team. I say, I don't think your game will be won if it's nobody played either. So they're up at Aberdeen tomorrow. Yeah, but the weather in Aberdeen will. Probably be different From the weather in Glasgow I think that's the The obvious answer to that one But t- to be fair This wasn't called off Due to health and safety In terms of fans or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. called off Due to a waterlogged pitch As Hugh quite rightly says If it's flooded It's flooded What more do you do about it I think the more interesting point Was Scott's second one I don't know anything about Mystic Meg Or anyone else But I, I would like to know the confidence levels amongst the yeah. decision makers so about they're, whether they're, it goes ahead tomorrow or not. I'd love to just get an insight there. Uh, uh, but listen, they're taking a punt. Yeah. It's all yeah, they can th- do. That's what I mean, are they? Do you think they are? Or yeah. do, you, do you think someone really believes that it's going to go ahead? Because Craig makes a good case. You've Maybe you've just got to try because you can't squeeze it in anywhere else and you've really got to try. But I would just like to know a bit more. I would like to know if the people who made the decision genuinely think it's going ahead tomorrow or if they are... Just well, hoping I, for I, the best. I don't believe that you can find anyone who genuinely, definitively knows that the game will go ahead. They're putting it on with their fingers crossed that it works out okay for them. Uh, we just don't know. Sorry to interrupt that. I was listening to Sky News and it was saying if a game, that creates the last call, I just pointed it out, it might move to the Monday. Now you've got a big game coming up on Thursday. In Europa League So They move it on a Monday I, I, I don't think that's right To move it on a Monday Yeah I don't yeah, think they'll move it to the Monday now I think it was either Sunday or Monday yeah. sure, For me, sure for me what's happened Gordon you, You've said that it's not to do with health and safety right? It's nothing to do with Stands blowing off Or chairs getting broken or Etc right? It's to do with the pitch So I would like to think There's been a sensible conversation Being had with the groundsmen Or women um, With the powers that be The officials and I think the groundsman's obviously said If the rain stops or slows down It would have a chance tomorrow And what the powers that be have done is They've given the game every opportunity to go ahead tomorrow If it doesn't go ahead There's nothing more mm. we can do Yeah but a quick Google search tells you the rain isn't going to stop But uh, it's but, not, certainly well, not forecast to stop that's, um, that's if it's accurate There's been a few times I've packed for the snow recently And it's not okay. 
I mean, you're looking outside the window at the moment, Alex. Um, mm. I, I don't know. You can clearly understand why you give it a bash. Yeah, without, no, I'm, I'm actually looking at the weather as well, Gordon. It doesn't look as if there's going to be much respite between now and midnight tomorrow night, but there, there's various. And did you ever think you would be looking up the weather on Clyde One Super Scoreboard? All the, all, all the time. <laughs> I've got to make sure I get Hugh home safely after, exactly. after the show. There are priorities, you know. Uh, Scott, once again, we're, we're jumping ahead. Let's assume the game goes ahead. Would you like to see any significant changes to the team to try and get back to winning ways? <laughs> Definitely. We need a stronger midfield. Davis, we need him in midfield. And Morelis, the last time he played, he looked disinterested. And he missed sitters. It doesn't look interesting in Rangers at the moment. It's as if he's a big coffee. If everyone's no going his way, it's no way. Ah, but that, that's not recent, Scott. That's been from the minute he's pulled on a Rangers jersey. That's how he is as a person. That's how he is as a pl- Well, not personally as a person, but that's how he is as a player. That's the, that's the image that he gives off And if he doesn't score he's raging If somebody takes the ball off him he gets upset That's just how he is That's not because the last three games Rangers have not been performing well Probably do need a bit more from him Alex And that's yeah. not even That doesn't even necessarily need to be a criticism of him It can be a criticism of others around him If they're yeah. not doing it He has taken a very slight dip by his own yeah. high standards And therefore I think part of the problem was the, the, the winter break Plus the suspension Gordon Because it runs on He doesn't look to me as if he's the type of guy who will come back hitting the ground running because it looks to me as if he has, has to be playing week on week. Goals are obviously adding to that as well and he hasn't been do- done that since he came back from a winter break. But I've seen him recently, Hugh, mm. uh, Morelos, even if you take the other night as an example, he always, always gets opportunity to score goals. Now, yeah. the last couple of games, he has not taken yeah. any chances. You had the lob the other day. He had the header as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, against Hamilton, against he had a Hamps, 1v1. So, so what I'm saying is, this guy constantly puts himself in the right areas and goals will most certainly come because if you look at the course of his time in Scotland, he's done that. So Rangers against Livingston down for three o'clock tomorrow. At the moment, we've also got Aberdeen against Celtic at midday and we'll start previewing that one next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray, Craig Beatty, and Hugh Keevens here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's hear from you. Give us all your thoughts on what's been going on in the wonderful world of Scottish football in the last couple of days. We've had a fixture card ripped apart by the weather today. And a lot of the drama is actually coming from the fact that one of the games is getting put back on tomorrow. Rangers against Livingston, take two at 3pm at Ibrooks tomorrow. But it is Saturday, games have been played. So Hearts fans, let's hear from you. Don't go hiding away, let us know how you're feeling because you were 2-0 down. It looked like it could have been disastrous. You brought it back to 2 all. I wonder if that's good enough. Or are you still fearing the worst? Booze ringing out at Tyne Castle at full time. Let us know how you feel. 0141-951-1025. Celtic are up in Aberdeen tomorrow. And Simon and East Bride has got that game on his mind. Hi, Simon. Hi, panel. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Just wanted to basically ask Alec and Craig, yourself as well, Gordon, obviously we are mind to Copenhagen on Thursday. Do you think Lennon will stick with the three five two? Um, or the four-two-three-one. Do you think he'll play the same formation in both games? What do you think, Craig? Um, listen, the three-five-two for me has been working. I, I touched on it earlier in the, during the phone-in that Griffiths and Edward together have been fantastic. Um, the resurgence of Lee Griffiths 
um, could well put Christie out the running for player of the year because the first half of the season Ryan Christie was, was sensational his form was top top draw and now he's struggling to get in the teams coming off the bench um, and that's mainly to do with the form and the partnership that's been struck up of Edward and Griffiths so for me I don't think Neil Lennon will be wanting to change a, a winning formula um, personnel wise I, I don't know if everybody's fit for tomorrow um, and then obviously you need to take tomorrow's um, after you know the aftermath of the game if there's any injuries or knocks going into the Copenhagen match but what Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon and the squad have proved is that they're now adaptable they can play 4-3-3 4-2-3-1 three, or 3-5-2 they can play it comfortably and they're free scoring while they're doing it they're in top form at the minute yeah I think they could actually go either way personally I think you, the 4-2-3-1 that they're familiar with the players are regimented within that They've got the personnel to play that Elanusi's back in the mix as well So he could quite easily go with that And then you look at the three-five-two now um, When you look at the, the way they're demolishing teams Craig's absolutely right They could quite easily go there They would have done their due diligence I think they played last night and lost 1-0 Copenhagen, Copenhagen yeah oh. They lost to Malmo yeah. a couple of games ago as well So it's not a team that's come in free-flowing Celtic have plenty of confidence uh, So, But he will assess the opposition first and foremost and he he will go with the strongest uh, formation. Do they take it as like a? Is there any sort of package deal here though? I think maybe that's what Simon's getting at as well. You know, say the intention is to play three five two, just for whatever. Say it's three five two in the Europa League. Does that mean you have to do that tomorrow? Can you see him changing from from this game tomorrow to Thursday? Can you see? Would oh, that with, does that change? Without happen? a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Neil Lennon will treat each game individually, and he will pick a formation and a starting eleven. Based on what he thinks is the best way of getting a, a positive outcome, i.e., a win in both games. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, I agree. Just obviously looking at the obviously the game on the twenty ninth of December, there has been a marked improvement in Celtic since then, and I would put it down to the changing in the system. I was looking through obviously the highlights for post Christmas and some of the some of the comments that were made, and I, and I note that Alec Alec Ray was saying. Around about that time that he was enjoying the meltdown. I wonder if he's still enjoying the meltdown that's happening. The Rangers side of, oh, Absolutely side of Absolutely now, you know? Absolutely not How could I possibly enjoy that you have, you, Some words Simon uh, No listen I think there was the actual response Directly after the game From various Celtic players Relating to the Rangers manager About celebrating Ex-Celtic players Well ex, sorry Ex-Celtic players uh, uh, Medias and pundits I was uh, referring to It was that more so than anything else Because uh, yeah. I thought that was a deflection tactic by the guys at the time. Now, listen, I'm, I'm on record as saying Rangers form's really poor. Uh, so there's no getting away from the fact uh, that people have actually struggled to see the demise, if you like, in terms of the way they're playing and the form. So, no, you've got to take it in the chin. Simon, you've got to take it in the chin when it comes. Si Simon, this is Central Scotland. We get Rangers and Celtic have dominated for the best part of 30 years. So when one team's struggling, make no mistake about it, the other team are gloating. And then if the tide turns, it will be the same unquestionably. Overall, Simon, how do you feel about a, a trip to Pataudry? Because on paper, that, that should be a difficult venue. That Traditionally, in the last few seasons, you know, the third or second best team in the country, you're going to their home patch. It should therefore be difficult But Celtic have got a great record there How confident are you when you, you got there? Well, you, you're always confident I suppose But the main, the, main sort of, the main thing that gives us confidence Is we know that we have the players Like your Browns, McGregors and Forrest To to get through that So I think we should be okay um, Hopefully hopefully get a win And that should cement Obviously the capitulation of Rangers when, when, the the, week, you know? when, when the Hearts game is finished On Wednesday night I am Told that the scenes of celebration I'm not talking about Celtic players here I'm talking about the fans 
the second goal at Kilmarnock for Kilmarnock was uh, celebrated in a way that suggested that Rangers' last chance had come and gone. And I, I go back to what I said on Super Scoreboard last night, Gordon. If you're a Celtic fan on the first day of the season and you're told that with 12 games to go, you will have a 10-point lead, a goal difference better than Rangers by 18, you would say, yeah, fine, I'll take that, thank you. And if you're a Rangers fan, 10 points behind with a vastly inferior goal difference and you're not playing well, then... You definitely feel that perhaps the chance is gone. Okay, let's hear from Neil Lennon then. Looking ahead to that game tomorrow, a difficult venue, and I do know Aberdeen a very good win on Tuesday night to get themselves going again. And I do know they've got a very good manager. It's a dangerous game, you know. Uh, we have to be at our best. It's an early kickoff, so get get ourselves up there, get recovered, get well rested, and get ready for the early kickoff because the early kickoffs there can be difficult, and then. We we'll just have to see what the weather conditions are going to be like as well. Nothing surprises you in football, you know. Derek's, you know, you got to admire the longevity in the, the modern game that he's had. It's, you know, I think he's coming into the seventh season, and I'm sure he's been one of Aberdeen's best managers in the history. Yeah, nothing surprises me. Unfair. He's been loyal. He's kept rebuilding teams, um, and I think he deserves support rather than criticism. So a bit of praise there from Neil Lennon for his opposite number tomorrow, Derek McInnes. Here's what he had to say in response. I think there's there's an understanding from all managers. We're, we're all in a job where we understand that if results don't come, you get criticised. You know, it's no it's no big news story that. And you, so for us, it's important that we try and uh, win games, um, show what we've done over the last wee while. The evidence is there. We always get the job done. Um, you know, if we can get qualifying for Europe seven years in a row, when I think before we came in, Aberdeen had only qualified twice in 10 years. Um, so I think the managers, uh, there's always an instant support for for each other because there's a real understanding that, you know, the job isn't always a bed of roses and sometimes you need to get through tough spells um, and there's an understanding there for each other. It's this manager getting on, backing each other, malarkey, Hugh. Well, Do mutual, away with it. Mutual, mutual respect. respect absolutely. Yeah, good, good, good to see, good to hear. Derek McInnes knows that if he could beat Celtic tomorrow It would be a pivotal moment for him In terms of the Aberdeen fans He's taken abuse The last home game The Red Shed as they call it Turned on him And other parts of the ground turned on the Red Shed By the end of the game They'd all turned on him So the place has been in turmoil Since the resumption of football after the winter break Apart from midweek Yeah he got the three goals and a result against Hamilton Aggies. But Derek knows the biggie is to beat Celtic and or Rangers. And if he could do that tomorrow, then it takes the heat right off him. However, as he said, the thing about Celtic is the hunger. And it's a hunger that takes you to 10 domestic trophies in succession. And when they all closed their eyes on Wednesday night after beating Hearts, when they'd gone home and balanced it up, beating Hearts 5-0, Rangers losing to Kilmarnock, going 10 points behind Celtic, they must have thought to themselves, we are on the verge of nine in a row and an 11th domestic trophy. It's never the result that defines your season, really. We always hear that about the clubs outside Celtic and Rangers. You will survive getting beat by them. You've experienced it before, you'll experience it again, but just... 
as always, there's a manner of defeat, and I'm sure Derek McInnes will obviously want to get something. But if not, going four down at half time again is it's not an option. Yeah, that certainly wouldn't be an option. Um, it wouldn't be an option he would pick. Um, likewise, getting done by five down at Ibrox earlier on the season. Um, you're right. There's probably a way um, to lose against Rangers and Celtic. Any points you pick up against Rangers and Celtic are probably a bonus. Um, but you know, listen, Neil said that, and, and I love the respect that he's got for Derek McInnes, and I think Derek's done a good job. He's not going to finish second with Aberdeen um, So he's sitting in third at, at present And it's probably where he should be Paul and Kirk and Tillich What would you do tomorrow Team selection wise? Hey how you going? <clears throat> hi Hugh, hi Alec Hi, hi Paul See this moment in time guys To be honest I don't really care who Neil Lennon picks Because I think The squad's that strong And I've got every confidence Whoever Neil Lennon plays And puts out That they'll do the job uh, the squad's getting back to fitness There's some players coming back Lee Griffiths has made a massive, massive difference And as I said uh, in previous weeks If Celtic play like they've been playing And for spells during the week Playing Hearts And Hearts are lucky to get away with it Only been five I just think that we'll blow everybody totally out of the water I think that's fair comment Paul, when you look at man for man I don't think there'll be many Aberdeen players With the... Uh... Getting the Celtic team You know They're just probably Looking on that day You know You look at uh, More recently When uh, they lost 2-1 at Parkhead And then on another given day They can lose 4 or 5 Just because of the actual quality That you've just highlighted there So <coughs> I totally agree with you You know But I don't think um, If you listen to Neil Lennon He gives him mutuals of respect They have to go up there And earn the right To uh, Because it's going to be A tough day uh, Condition wise So you have to respect The conditions And you also have to respect The opposition But the quality Should shine through Yeah Paul makes a really good point And you know, Sorrow and um, Kamala weren't even in the, the bench on Wednesday night there And you look through some of the, you know, Scott Bain, international goalkeeper Ellen Yussi's transferred for £60 million Rogic, international footballer Ryan Christie, probably worth in the region of £10 million plus You know, top player for club and country So, you know, Celtic are incredibly strong at the minute And, and Paul's probably got a point where whoever Neil Lennon picks will be enough Yeah, and that's the thing I suppose then if, if I know you said taking one game at a time But if Neil Lennon was of a mind to say Cham's the man with the jersey at the moment I want him to play against Copenhagen So I'll sit him out And I'll put Ryan Christie in <laughs> It's not exactly Not exactly no, the it, end of the world it, is it? It doesn't weaken the team By any stretch of the imagination um, You know, Arguably you know, People would argue That it would strengthen the team Given Christie's form Early on in the season And you know, he might well do that If he, if he wants to go away And Cham against the, Copenhagen the, the pressure on all of those Celtic players And New Lennon Was tremendous At the start of the season Because they know they have a supporter base who are only interested in 10 in a row. It is the recurring theme. It is a, a mild obsession with them. And if you fail to deliver, then there will be a backlash. There will be repercussions. So they've had to live with that pressure. And they've also watched Rangers fail to live with pressure. And they know that they are heading towards the concluding phase of the league season. Aberdeen will be tougher than it was earlier in the season. The conditions will be something of a <laughs> leveller because it's freakish weather. 50 mile per hour winds are not what footballers were meant to play in. But the bottom line is that they have a nucleus of players who have won 10 domestic trophies in a row and appear to be born to live with pressure. Paul, you want to come back yeah. in? Yes, please. Uh, you could I just add something to that? Uh, now, you're saying that the Celtic players have to have this pressure. They do. They, they totally do. 
they've got experienced guys in there that have been over the course of the four. But as well as the experienced guys, they've got a manager who's got managerial experience. One of the things as a player and as a manager, but they've also got a far superior squad than anybody else in the league. And this is starting to really bear fruits. It, it's not really a big surprise, really. Are the points that they're ahead because they've got a far stronger squad. To go, uh, to go back to your point, Paul, about Neil Lennon, when when uh, Brendan Rodgers left for Leicester, Neil Lennon was handed what could have been a poison chalice because if you don't live up to Brendan and you don't live up to the trophies won in succession and the invincible this and the double, triple, treble that the other, then you you know the consequences are deeply felt by an individual. But Neil Lennon, to be fair to him. Has responded to every challenge And since Brendan Rodgers left for Leicester Has got Eight in a row Over the line Won the Scottish Cup And won the Betfred Cup He's won the lot Since Brendan Rodgers left for Leicester So he too Has shown that strength of will That is carrying Celtic At the moment And They will have to demonstrate it once again At Pataudry tomorrow One day there might come that afternoon or evening when you simply have a shocker. But at the moment, Celtic don't look as if they're in that frame of mind. Paul, thank you very much for the call. That was Paul and Kirk and Tillich. 01419511025. Still waiting to hear from you Hearts fans, you Hamilton fans. The build-up to tomorrow will continue and we're going to get post-match reaction from Tyne Castle next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team for compensation For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans, Craig Beatty and Alex Ray Are here to take your calls On any of today's action And the fact that we've now got three big games tomorrow Rangers rescheduled for 3 o'clock At Ibrooks against Livingston Will it go ahead? Who knows? Hopefully Because we'll have quite the backlog if it doesn't And hopefully the fans Are not inconvenienced Because that is something That often gets overlooked Fans have already had to Plan for tomorrow now And it would just be a real shame If it didn't go ahead So we'll wait and see what happens With that one We have also rescheduled We'll be here at 12 o'clock keep Taking you through Every kick of the ball Tomorrow afternoon um, So we look forward to that It's going to be a good Sunday If all the games go ahead Let's start trying to get Some reaction from Tynecastle mm. um, Brian Rice not on media duties at the moment Remember Guillaume Bouzelin uh, Speaking on behalf of Hamilton Ackies La- Our last game against Aberdeen Was not a long time ago But we started very purely Got punished 3-0 Today we make sure we had a reaction from the lads And we had the reaction uh, With Tony Lope de- Deservedly so But this is a massive turning point of that game Is a red card once again we have to dig deep and get a point, but I'm sure with 11 v 11 we could have won that game. Do you think it was a red card? It's the one, uh, one of the, the ball over the top, and Jamie defended well, anticipate is the first on the ball, which is as a good centre half do. Unfortunately, the head up and intentional and non intentional, it's hard to judge. A referee have to make a call. Obviously, we are ten castle, so. Uh, he made a call, but I can't see, I, I can't complain. It was as a red card. Is there a concern about Jamie Custody red cards this season? Yeah, it's, it's it, it, so it, a concern. I, I don't think so because he's a he's a 17 years old. Huh? We don't forget about that. Uh, that's a worse position for young lads to come through after a goalkeeper. We thought he's good enough to produce at, at this level, but it's been uh, tough for him. 
but there's no better way to uh, to learn his job because I'm sure it's going to be because he shows day in day out in training is going to be a, a big prospect for our club also for Scotland. It does seem like it was a harsh decision to send yeah. Jamie Hamilton off. The rules, as they stand at the moment, with regards to handball, state that certainly in a, in a defensive capacity, if the ball comes off another part of your body before it hits your arm, it it shouldn't be a foul, basically. Um, and because of where he was in the pitch, he was sent off for it yeah. um, as well. So harsh. You feel feeling sorry for him, without Perhaps. a doubt. And when you just uh, read out the rules there, Gordon, it even makes it more. Unbelievable that he's actually been sent off for it because there's no doubt in my mind it hits his chest first yep. and then hits his arm. Gordon, what did Boozy say there? I missed the, I missed the bit where he spoke about the red card. Did he say it was harsh or, or no complaints with it? He didn't really dive in either way. He, sp- he spoke mostly about the player, you know, and yeah, said that yeah. harsh lessons learned and stuff like that. He, he didn't. He didn't seem too too right. strong I, either way. If you like, I, I can only think that he's not seen it then. Um, because for me, there's no way it's a red card. So if he's seen it the same way that we've seen it, then. Listen, it's not a red card And it's very, very harshly uh, dealt with Just a more general sense Because that, that way fans of all clubs Can can probably relate to this When you are, are dealing with a young, talented player And you're putting him into the team And he spoke about, you know Yeah, we feel that he can cope at this level But it is a, a steep learning curve He is 17 You guys talk about it's good Because he'll learn from it At what point does it become not good? When When is it counterproductive? If you're putting a 17-year-old yeah. in and he's getting three red cards in 12 games When do you maybe have to think about His confidence yep. and, and, and taking him out The firing so, so, line And I don't mean this guy in particular Just yep. generally general, No but I, I think I said at the time In an ideal situation Brian Easton would be playing there uh, Or another experienced player yeah. Someone to take this kid out the firing line Because they are so stretched in that position They're putting the boy back in And ultimately he's paid the price again today But when you see the decision I don't think he's actually made a glaring mistake. He's put his cell in, it's hit his chest and yeah. then hit his arm. So I wouldn't really put that into the category that, you know, you're going to learn too much more mistakes. That's just, for me, probably a refereeing yeah, error. A refereeing error, yeah. That's um, why I think there are, there are more positives for Hamilton Ackies than there are for Hearts today. Um, the, they seem to have adversity as a, a constant companion. If they're not getting turned over by Celtic and Rangers uh, or indeed Aberdeen midweek, uh, they're suffering injuries of all sorts uh, But they survive And they have survived for years now uh, Since the, the, the time when they were in the championship Beat Hibs in the playoff and came up Whether it's Alec Neal, Martin Canning um, And now Brian Rice They survive And the survival instinct is tremendous And I think they deserve more credit For the 2-2 draw today than Hearts do Bit of, bit of Scottish interest Sorry Craig Just to, to move on quickly And squeeze in another caller Bit of Scottish interest In the Premier League game At the moment Andy Robertson um, Up against the likes of Grant Hanley And Kenny McLean So Norwich nil, Liverpool nil. 20 minutes gone Gordon let me just make A, a quick point Because it's, it's relative to the um, You know the, the minutes Sort of awareness That we had for mental health Last week So I think across the board I think the clubs have got A responsibility and a duty of care So we're, we're talking about The young lad at Hamilton Now you know, Brian, Gillam, they'll know how he is as a person day to day So it's up to them and the senior players at the club to be monitoring To make sure that he's coming in, that he's still bubbly, that he's confident And that what's actually happening on the pitch is not affecting his mood And, and how he is actually on a day to basis Daniel Stendhal's only just finished his press conference So it tells you that he was either very angry And had a lot of words to say to his Hearts players 
Should be as well, well Or he was elsewhere I don't, I don't know But he's, he's only just come in Which is a lot later than usual Let's speak to Jamie Who's a Rangers fan on the line Hi Jamie Hi Gordon How are you doing? Not too bad at all What's on your mind tonight? Good Hi Hugh Hi Craig Hi um, Hi um, Just a, a point that I think was touched on Perhaps earlier Before the, the game started This afternoon um, Just the Rangers bench um, For me looking at it um, I don't know if it was A Kilmarnock game Or the Hamilton one But I was looking at the bench And I'm thinking If I'm seeing Gerrard I've not got a lot of options there I'm looking at it I'm thinking Halliday Edmondson Davis You know Kay Davis A brilliant player But I would rather see Perhaps Bar- eh, Barker Murphy Or Jones In there Attacking options Guys that could really Impact the game I just think there's a lot of players on the bench that are not really going to make that massive impact on the in the final third. You know. Well, if you look at um, if, if you take um, if you take mid, the midweek game, uh, Jimmy, you were talking about in terms of options for him. Stephen Davis could come on in a, in a midfield capacity, but I take your point in terms of the offensive area. You've got Jordan Jones, Greg Stewart, and Camberry who can actually mix yeah. that up. So. You know, you're looking at maybe one or two of them to come mm. on and impact it, but the problem was it was far too late. And unfo- uh, unfortunately, though, Alex, the way it works in this city is you, you almost have to. So that was Rangers bench, and you know what I'm going to say next on Celtics was Hayes, Christie, Rogic, Ilyanusi, and Bio and Bauer as well. But is that is that perhaps where the difference lies at the moment? Yeah, the fact of the matter is when you look at, um, I would like to say. When Celtic bring players on, it's like for like, which a lot of you know some of the quality they're bringing on, but you couldn't really say that because you're saying like for like because the players that are actually playing starting at the moment are not really hitting any heights. So you know when you're bringing these guys on, you're expecting some sort of response. It hasn't quite happened, but if you look at across the board, some of these guys that we've mentioned, Stuart, Ojo, Barker, Jones, they haven't played a lot of football, yeah. and I, I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. You know, whereas Celtic are two and three up. They fire people on with 30, 35 minutes to go And uh, you know they, they just go on and get They get good minutes under the belt mm. Jamie also some of the lads that you mentioned Have been put out on loan to get fitness To get matches mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point in time Stephen Gerrard's obviously decided that They weren't at a place where they were Physically ready or capable Of making an impact on his team Or I'm pretty sure they wouldn't mm-hmm. have sent him out on loan Mm-hmm. I'm, ju- I'm just thinking about Jones I mean Jones in, in the first half of the season um, was, was making a good impact um, Especially in some of the European games as well And I don't know what's happened uh, It seems to have just fallen away um, But I'm, I'm looking at it and just thinking We need something yeah. Something to, to, to create A bit of creativity uh, That we haven't had um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Jones or Murphy uh, could, could perhaps give us that yeah, I think one of the problems with Jordan Jones was that he actually got injured uh, in the Celtic game where he it was going back to September. He's actually only yep. featured in three games since that point. Yeah. You know, he took months to get back. Was it three months or so but, to but get back up to speed? Can you also assume then though that he's not he's not shown enough to justify getting more game time? Yeah, I, w- I would suggest that Gordon because obviously Stephen Gerrard and his coaching staff. Uh, the fact is that he's now back on the bench in midweek, so he may well play a part going forward. Uh, I think. More important for Rangers They need to actually get a win from somewhere Just to kind of try and get some sort of momentum going the other way Hugh let's assume it's on tomorrow Yeah How big a game is it? Just how big? And it might change because then we'll know what's happened at Pataudry Between Aberdeen and and Celtic Well uh, first of all The Aberdeen-Celtic game creates the atmosphere at the second game If Celtic win and go 13 points clear Rangers go on to the park with a support saying you better not fail again because any loss of points against Livingston 
And the game is up So the pressure is on Rangers Depending on what happens at Pataudry If Aberdeen beat Celtic Ibrox becomes the house of fun And the, the, the fans will say Okay, a win over Livy And what happened in Kilmarnock on Wednesday night Doesn't matter uh, So it's that kind of <clears throat> dynamic Jamie, thank you very much I think that will be your final call for this evening Don't want to try and squeeze any more in And then cut them off Because George Bowie's battering down the door So thank you to Jamie for rounding things off tonight What a day it's been We yeah. didn't quite get there, Hugh With a lot well, of the fixtures But what what did we see? Well, we saw a brave Hamilton Ackies Play a match with 10 men for 70 minutes And get out of Tynecastle with a point It's a poor result For a poor Hearts team who remain bottom of the table And it's a commendation for the bravery of the 10 men who got the Aki's a point Tommy Wright, I'd love to have seen Tommy's face When Ross County equalised in the 4th minute of injury time So his winning run comes to an end Well done to everyone who survived in the face of horrendous, freakish weather And we look forward to players who will have to Play for high stakes Exceptionally high stakes In very bad weather tomorrow There's a storm coming And the weather's bad as well And a change to your radio schedule for tomorrow Because just like that We are back for a six hour special Starting at midday with Aberdeen against Celtic And of course Rangers Livingston Hopefully beating the weather as well later on Please join us tomorrow at midday And in the meantime Stay right there George Bowie and the GBX up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.